Hello and welcome to another election edition of Capital Cast, a regular podcast of Capital News Illinois. Earlier today, we uploaded an audio version of a video forum with Secretary of State candidate Alexei Janoulias. So we're now sharing a podcast version of our discussion with this challenger, Republican State Representative Dan Brady. The video version is available linked with our stories on the race, which you can find at CapitalNewsIllinois.com. This interview was scheduled in collaboration with many of the state's newspapers by the Illinois Associated Press media editors and questioners on the panel include myself and Patrick Keck of the Springfield State Journal Register. Jeff Long of the Effingham Daily News will provide the introduction shortly, and then we'll get straight into the unedited 45-minute conversation. As always, thank you for listening. Good morning. I'm Jeff Long, a member of the Illinois Associated Press Media Editors Board and the editor of the Effingham Daily News in Central Illinois. Today is Wednesday, September 28th, 2022, and we're about to begin an interview with State Representative Dan Brady of Bloomington, the Republican candidate for Illinois Secretary of State. He faces Democrat Alexei Janulius of Chicago in the November general election. Illinois APME brought together participants from more than 20 of the state's newspapers, representing all areas of Illinois. Questions for today's interview have been solicited from them all. Each will post the video of this interview on their websites and publish coverage in their newspapers. I'm joined on today's interview panel by Patrick Heck of the State General Journal Register in Springfield and Jerry Nowicki of the Capital News Illinois News Service. Also attending is Dennis Anderson, president of IAPME. Representative Brady, welcome. We'll start with two minutes for your opening statement, a chance for you to tell voters about yourself and your qualifications. Thank you very much and good morning and thank you for this opportunity. I and my campaign have made this interaction discussion today a priority since we first contacted on September the 7th and first committed to you and have state committed to you to have this discussion today on uh, September the 28th. So we appreciate the opportunity uh, to visit this morning. And as indicated, I'm Dan Brady, state representative of the 105th district right now, the Republican nominee for Illinois Secretary of State. I'm running for this office, not because I want to use it as a springboard to another political office. I'm running because I've always been and will continue to be a public servant will put the public first, running this office that touches more daily lives than any other executive branch office in state government. My broad base of experience, private business, services for McLean County Corner, and as state representative has prepared me well to serve as your next Secretary of State. Whether the issue is organ and tissue donation, increasing distracted driving for teens or senior driving education issues, which I have worked on with Secretary Jesse White in his office, passing legislation helps these areas, partnering with Republicans, Democrats alike. I look at the office and its many roles as chief librarian, capital police force and police force statewide, business articles of incorporation through the index division, and the list goes on. Whether it's cutting wait times, fully staffing driver's facilities, tracing digital services, using Illinois' approximately 5,000 libraries for more remote services, 
and partnering potentially with community colleges for services. Possibilities are endless. Me as your next Secretary of State. I appreciate the opportunity and I look forward to our discussion. Thank you. Thank you, Representative. Uh, Jerry, if you wanted to start the questioning. Sure. So, Leader Brady, what do you do on day one? Is is there, I, you had mentioned the sort of libraries as remote services, but how can you sort of just jump in, hit the ground running? Well, I think day one, uh, one of the areas that is, is a primary area that I hear uh, constantly on the campaign trail is cutting the wait times. Cutting the wait time at facilities, the driver's services facilities, are over 96 facilities across the state of Illinois. A couple of ways you can do that internally, which would be really prioritizing, prioritizing where the greatest volume of traffic is in these facilities. And that would be number one, fully staffing the facilities, which haven't been fully staffed in quite some time. Number two would be cross training in those facilities, especially in the larger facilities. Some employees work under the drivers and some work under the vehicle side, uh, that could be stressed and implemented right away. You drill down to how the operations of the, the larger facilities go, there's driver services or there's vehicle services. If we have cross training and get that done internally in a timely fashion, day one, we can start improving and reducing the wait times for people who come in for services. And the next step would be obviously uh, adding to online services and what can be done digitally uh, so we can reduce that in-person visit um, and thus reducing the traffic that comes in these facilities. So those are uh, several things internally we could do from the very, very beginning of day one. So in terms of, uh, well, a couple follow-ups there in, in what, what types of things uh, can you make online availability for at this point? Well, what's begun a little bit, obviously, has been the appointment process. Um, that has been helpful uh, and can continue to be um, emphasized. However, what also could be worked on and expanded, be remote services, like many other states do, and primarily renewal of your driver's license plate sticker, your renewal stickers, and how much of that could be done remotely, saving individuals having to even come to facilities, um, those type of digital type of improvements, everything from making the web page more user-friendly for the Secretary of State's office to more online services. That's how initially, as I said, you, you could make improvements. And you said the office hasn't been fully staffed. Is that a function of a labor shortage? Is that a function of the state budget? Why aren't they staffed and how could you staff them more quickly? They have not been staffed because of an internal uh, direction, internal operations. I would change that by being Secretary of State by having the prioritizing of those service facilities and looking to where we have other staff that could be out in the facilities, interacting, responding, serving the general public. And that comes from simply prioritizing what the main function is. The main function is driver services. That's where the biggest outcry from the general public is that needs improvement. So I, I got one more before I kick it to Patrick. Um, you have announced a plan to cut license fees by about 50 bucks each uh, for the various um, um, types of licenses, uh, basically 151 to 101 for most drivers. 
Uh, you were part of the uh, bipartisan group in the General Assembly that had voted for that money, which was going to go to the road fund to fund the capital infrastructure plan, which is ongoing. Um, do you have General Assembly support to cut those fees? And how would you fill in the road fund monies? Well, I think number one, uh, yes, we would get general support. I, I'm talking on a temporary basis. We're, we're talking right now in this era of inflation, high inflation, in fact, 8.3% increase uh, uh, over the past 12 months of the consumer price index. This could be a temporary relief of $50 per plate on registration renewal. That is something that when you're an individual has more, maybe just one vehicle, um, would help tremendously, even if it's a short-term situation. From the standpoint of people nowadays are making decisions, we've been reducing grocery tax, we've been talking about uh, suspending uh, a few cents of the gas tax. Um, all these types of things are trying to help the consumer in this inflationary cost. Two things I hear on the campaign trail, obviously, is cut the wait times, and two, can you help us with fee reductions of what it costs to renew our plates in the state? And as far as trying to fill we could look at the lease side of things of what we're doing, spending over $10.5 million uh, on the leases throughout these facilities in the Secretary of State's office to help fill. So, and then obviously prioritizing things uh, as, as far as the budget goes from uh, freezing of new purchases of equipment um, to the operations of the office and prioritizing that. Those are all ways that we could fill what would be a temporary reduction in revenue coming into the office itself by the reduction of license plate fees. But for, but for the road fund, um, that would that mess up construction if you cut those fees? I don't believe so. Not from the Secretary of State's office. I mean, those are dedicated road funds that the General Assembly has passed. What I'm talking about is reduction in the operations of, of the office, potentially of Secretary of State's office, reducing the fees and where I would fill that reduction by the office interop interoperations themselves, from the financial part of this, the operations. So that would that would require general assembly vote, right? That would require general assembly vote, correct? And uh, why not file a, a bill now then to try to get that moving before uh, election? Well, we, we might in fact do that as we develop the plan and, and talk and get feedback from the plan that we roll out. Um, that is simply something that we might be filing uh, before we go back to veto session. Okay, Patrick, you want to go ahead? Great. Um, Representative, you spoke briefly on improving efficiencies and maybe transitioning to more electronic systems. Uh, one specific um, thing that you've mentioned um, is transitioning to an electronic lien and title system. Um, and you said this will help with the process of uh, the electric vehicle uh, rebates. Um, can you explain why the current system is slowing that down and what would an electronic uh, lien and title system do to um, improve it? Sure. First off, Patrick, it, it's been a piece of legislation that has been on the books passed by the General Assembly, I believe it was 2000. 2019, uh, the legislature with my vote as well um, amended that legislation and extended the legislation for the development of the new titling system into July 1st of 2022. Obviously that date has come and gone. We still have no titling system. 25 other states have a titling system. What does that mean? That means if you purchase a car, 
truck, mobile home, um, motorcycle, uh, anything that has a title to it and needs to be sent to a lien, hold, lien holder, a bank, credit union, comes to the Secretary of State's office. When the titling side of things and transfer that title to the lien holder takes many, many weeks, several weeks, if not months that we're facing, literally sitting in boxes in the Secretary of State's office, the paper title itself. That stymies business, that stymies loans, that delays actually even to law enforcement who technically correctly owns a vehicle or other property in the state of Illinois. By e-titling that, we're talking about streamlining things that could be done within hours to help businesses and make sure those titles are where they're at with lien holders, that all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. First, as I said, the several weeks to months that it's taking right now. What's that mean? Maybe it doesn't, it's not grabbing headlines. What it means is if you're a credit union, if you're a bank, if you're an individual like we were personally after purchasing a vehicle, um, having all those particular um, avenues correctly filed and titled means a great difference when it comes to all the operations of a loan. And as I said earlier, even down to law enforcement when they run license plates, being able to know who actually is titled to the vehicle. All those are important areas that are taking several weeks, as I said, up to months. We can streamline that. I had a question the other day, well, what do you know about streamlining titles and things along those lines? One of my first pieces of legislation was creating the electronic birth and filing of death records in the state of Illinois, which we have that system today. I did that with help, obviously, working with the Department of Vital Records, working with the Department of uh, Public Health, and then selecting a vendor to provide those services and making sure even with fund sweeps at that time going on, that we were able to get a electronic filing of records, birth and death records in the state, which is extremely important for all the stakeholders from families to insurance um, that are involved in those situations when a death occurs or a birth occurs. The same principle applies. The Secretary of State is the chief record keeper of the state of Illinois. And we're pushing several weeks to months of trying to get titles to lien holders. That's not efficient. And that stymies business in Illinois. And you spoke a little bit about this too, about the ongoing labor shortage as well. Um, this adding perhaps to these wait times. As far as implementing though an electronic uh, title and lien system, how quickly could something like that along if you were to be elected? Very good point, Patrick, and very good question, because it's been on the books since 2000. In 2019, it was again voted and amended by the General Assembly to extend a date. What we're missing here is someone who's going to take the bull by the horns and get the project done. As Secretary of State, I would make it a priority to get the project done. When you talk about some of those groups that are very much pro the legislation, like Bankers Association, Credit Union Association, um, business within the state through the Chamber of Commerce, and this goes on. That is extremely important. It's not gonna be we can wave a magic wand. It's going to take some time to get the program up and going. I have experience in doing it, for one. Number two, um, I'm the type of individual that could spearhead it and make sure we get it across the finish line by putting the stakeholders around the table, such as credit unions, such as banks throughout the state, other businesses, 
and making sure Automobile Dealers Association, um, Illinois uh, Truckers Association, all these types of groups could help us move it along. Right now, it's not even on the front runner. Okay, uh, one more question, uh, Jared, before I transition it back to you. Um, the Secretary of State has um, a police force. Uh, we saw that recently um, with the Martin Luther King statue. Um, as far as securing things like that, um, obviously that was an instance of vandalism. Um, are there things that you are in favor of in terms of boosting that police force uh, to avoid uh, instances like that? Well, I think that uh, obviously the, the Secretary of State's office does have a police force, correct? They have a capital police force. They have a road investigation uh, division of their police force. And they actually have a um, bomb squad, which is the only bomb squad in the state of Illinois that supports many other law enforcements. In fact, in my previous role as county coroner, I have worked with the bomb squad division of the Secretary of State's office on a case. When it comes to the grounds of the capitals, uh, capital itself and security of that, obviously working with the actual officers, the men and women that are there now to learn from them what could be done further from creating more uh, review, checks of the property, um, timeframes in which there's highest traffic, uh, uh, foot traffic into the capital, all those type of things and seeking their opinion of how we can improve that, the security around the capital is what I would certainly uh, be very interested in getting their input first. Um, I think those men and women uh, would have the best input of how they can, we can help them improve the job that they're doing in trying to secure the capital. So Patrick uh, touched on sort of one of the other questions we have here is um, there are many, many responsibilities under the Secretary of State. You're the state librarian, you run the Capitol complex. Um, how do you view your role in improving these systems? Um, will you make changes in any any of the other various areas as well? Well, I think that there's there's changes that can be um, certainly implemented in a lot of the areas. Um, you're right, as I said earlier, um, that this office touches more lives on a daily basis than any other executive branch office in Illinois. And the operations of the office from the index division of just trying to become a notary public um, to capital security we're talking about. There's areas and room for improvement. Um, and I think it really starts with having a secretary who's going to be engaged and involved on a daily basis of some of these major uh, issues that the Secretary of State's office has and is responsible for when it comes to the operations. Looking at one of the things I learned as state representative with my experience of the operations of the Secretary of State's office, the interaction with the Secretary of State's office, the budget of the Secretary of State's office is really, really important. And that is that we talk with those that are in the office presently to see what needs and resources we can improve upon. Now, I have my ideas, but I think uh, coming in, um, you know, like a, a bowl in a china store and trying to knock everything over without learning from some of those who are in the trenches doing the work. As representative, I learned in budget hearings, some of the best ideas come for those who are the rank and file that are truly doing the work. And I think that same concept, I would very much be uh, applying towards the operation of the office. So do you see yourself keeping on then a lot of uh, Secretary White's staff uh, to, to help in that regard? 
but without getting there, I don't have that crystal ball. I would tell you that if you're doing your job um, and you're able to um, help with positive structure and what type of um, scenarios there are from longevity to contracts to whatever the other issues may be as an employee, those are all things that are certainly be take, taken into consideration. Let's don't forget this office has over 4,000 employees of the 21 different divisions that the Secretary of State's office has. Uh, coming in and waving a magic wand and saying this is the way things shall be without seeking some of the input of some of the most talented people that are all within the office of Secretary of State, uh, I think would be certainly uh, wrong to, to, not, to not value some of that expertise and experience. And that's what I would certainly plan on doing. So one of the roles that maybe people think Secretary of State in other states maybe isn't the role in Illinois, and that's sort of the, the um, overseeing state elections. The Secretary of State doesn't have much to do with that in Illinois. We have the Illinois State Board of Elections. So with that in mind, though, um, you've made some comments on uh, preventing voter fraud. Um, do you think voter fraud is a widespread problem? Uh, why is that an issue important to the Secretary of State's office when you might not have much oversight there? Well, to your question, look at the Secretary of State's office and its role um, in elections. You're right, it's limited, uh, uh, highly ceremonial in some respects from the standpoint of certifying elections. That's one role. The other role is though registering people from a federal mandate called motor voter in the facilities across the state of Illinois. That's very key that it's done correctly and very, very important from that standpoint. The other area I'd like to revert back to is talking about the legislation that I had in electronic filing of uh, death records, for instance. The Secretary of State's office and the State Board of Elections now has uh, the ability through PIN code to be able to go in and use that system to purge the voter rolls and to purge the driver's license rules in the state of Illinois via electronic filing of those death certificates. I don't think either the State Board or the Secretary of State's office is fully using that particular component of being able to purge those records, in this case, the voter roll uh, and the driver's roll for the Secretary of State's office, as much as it could be. So I would like to certainly expand upon that. Um, then the other area is partnering with our local election authorities. When the Secretary of State's office rolled out um, the vote by mail process in the state of Illinois, after two or three tries of trying to even just clarify a letter that went out, those are the type of things that need to be avoided to confuse the electorate. By working with the local election authorities, the clerks, the city election committees, commissions across the state, those are the ones that have expertise that can help the Secretary of State's office in the role that they do have when it comes to voting and registration in the state of Illinois. And I'd certainly partner much more than what's been going on uh, with the local election authorities. And you had made a mention, I think, of uh, pairing ID photos with election signatures uh, in an attempt to uh, address voter fraud. And I, I, I don't know if we got an answer. Do you think voter fraud is rampant in Illinois? I don't know that it's rampant, but I certainly think that in this era of technology, protecting people's, people's IDs um, is obviously very, very important, protecting their identification. Um, the Secretary of State's office, and looking at what they do now, 
and they provide a signature from a driver's license for a voter card, can we improve upon that, enhance upon that in this era of technology and digitally create for those election authorities, those judges out in precincts on voting days, um, the ability to electronically see who's standing in front of them from a digitalized photograph. That's done now when FOID cards are renewed by pictures coming off of driver's license. Certainly we'd have to have permission which that voter uh, would allow and that individual would allow a picture from their ID card or their driver's license. But that would certainly give a more enhanced uh, visual for an election judge. And secondly, would cut down on any type of discussion or, or uh, debate, if you will, on whether that's truly his or her signature by an election judge who doesn't have any expertise training in trying to compare signatures. So that's certainly something in this era of technology, I think it could be extremely beneficial for everybody and for election security. So we know you're, you're highly focused on policy in this race, but from a national perspective, voters might want to hear an answer to the following questions. And, and yes or no, is, is Joe Biden uh, our duly elected president? Yes. Okay, and um, would you envision a circumstance with you as Secretary of State, if you are, if 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 there's an effort to maybe overrule uh, the publicly announced vote in election or challenge electors in the presidential election, could you see your office as Secretary of State doing something like that? I think the the role without having that crystal ball would be if you have evidence that suggests that there's voter fraud or there's a problem in a certain election, would you certify that election as the Secretary of State? I would imagine by the time it would reach the Secretary of State after local election authorities would be in the courts and the courts would make the determination um, of whether that uh, Secretary of State's office um, would be certifying an election. So I would have to look to not only election authority, the judicial side of things, before I would make a decision of what my role would be in certifying or not certifying an election based upon the evidence from the election itself or, or the problem with the election. And I think that there's local election authorities that could certainly help with that type of evidence before I would have to intervene and possibly not certify an election. But I would not rule anything out. So were, were other states in the wrong in 2020 to uh, put up potential slates of alternate electors? I don't know if they're. I don't know if they were wrong, they were right, um, but I certainly know that when it comes to the Secretary of State's office, uh, the major role of the Secretary of State's office is obviously driver services in Illinois. From the election side of things, as you yourself indicated, the limited scope and authority is all something at the time these issues would come up. I would have to have case law and uh, certainly uh, advice from legal counsel as to what the best step would be for me as Secretary of State to make some of these decisions you're asking me about. Okay, I'll go ahead and kick it back to you, Patrick. Yeah, um, as you said, your main focus is on issues, but in one regard, uh, your opponent um, has announced plans um, that would restrict um, states' access to license plates, uh, reader data. Um, this has been in regards to people coming into Illinois to receive um, abortion services. Um, how do you kind of foresee the use of that kind of technology? To my understanding, that is from private companies that um, provide that service. 
Um, how should that technology be used, I suppose? Well, I think first off, we'd have to have factual evidence suggested if there's some type of problem. Um, and, and my understanding with the private companies is you're correct. Uh, the digital license plate readers are for crimes committed, primarily stolen vehicles that may enter into a jurisdiction to alert those local, uh, law enforcement entities that that vehicle has been seen through a digital camera in their particular uh, scope of jurisdiction. From the companies themselves, the data that is automatically deleted after a short period of time is only there for any lengthier period of time if local law enforcement and that municipality who has a contract with the vendor seeks to create a case once they've alerted to a stolen vehicle in their particular jurisdiction. It's for criminal action that's already been acknowledged of a stolen vehicle some type of other action dealing with anything else is just not factual information. What that is, is simply putting a um, confusing scenario out there of legislation that there's not need for in my opinion. So I guess the question would be uh, to follow up on that is, is these may be crimes uh, criminalized uh, out of state travel for abortion. It might be criminalized in some of our neighboring states. So technically speaking, this person may be committing a crime in the jurisdiction they're coming from. Should there be language added to that um, to clarify anything in that regard? I don't believe so, no. And as we look overall, kind of broadly speaking, you, you made this race more about the issues, but a lot of people, a lot of voters are concerned about those social issues like abortion. Um, how does that kind of uh, impact your role or I guess maybe your campaign strategy? Like your, your main focus has been more on policy, but do you address these social issues more so than you usually would considering where we are uh, in the political climate? Well, I don't see the social issues coming to the forefront in my campaign, meaning uh, my campaign is driven by um, interaction with the voters constituents across the state of Illinois. Um, to date, I haven't been asked about position for the Secretary of State's office uh, on some of the social issues you're talking about. I haven't been asked that, um, do I move to the front of the line, or the back of the line if I'm pro-life or pro-choice? I haven't been asked on any other social issue of race, religion, creed, or color um, that has anything to do with other than providing services in the operations of Secretary of State's office. I perceive people across the state of Illinois wanting the party of efficiency when it comes to the Secretary of State's office, efficiency and services. And that's what I've been talking about. And that's what has been the response by the people across Illinois that I've talked to and that I've heard from. And that'd be my focus on providing the best service possible to the people of Illinois that interact with the Secretary of State's office on the many fronts that the offices provide services for. Policy side of things uh, is in the hands of the General Assembly. And as far as getting that message out, obviously you need to have money to finance your campaign. Um, as of the last quarterly report, um, your opponent had a, a lead on you uh, of over $700,000. Um, what do you owe to that difference in funding and how does that kind of make it 
how does that impact your campaign strategy as far as reaching out to voters, whether that be in-person events uh, or advertising? Well, certainly um, it's nice to have uh, as much financial resources as one can, but the reality is when you're running a grassroots effort like I am, um, you don't have that. We don't have to look any farther back after other than Republican primary, where I was outspent, mismatched for resources in that primary, ended up winning every county in the state of Illinois with the exception of one, my opponent's home county. So the idea that money buys everything and buys the election, I don't believe in that. Certainly it's helpful to get your message out um, in, in a variety of different ways. But the grassroots effort that I'm running and the money that I'm raising to try to be competitive um, is something that I uh, work at every day and we continue to build upon every day. Um, and I think more so than anything, what the voters are looking for is not who has the most money in the bank, but who has the best ability and who has the best ideas to streamline an office that needs to be brought in the 21st century. That's why I believe I'm the best, better choice. Um, and not to mention, which we haven't talked about yet, but my background that lends to organ and tissue donation in this state and the operations and responsibility of the Secretary of State's office to operate organ and donor tissue line and the operations of organ and donor tissue in the state of Illinois is something that I'm very passionate about. And I've worked with Secretary White on, on a number of fronts, not only from first person consent legislation, 16 and 17 year olds lowering the age of 16, 17 year olds to be on that donor registry to also have a parent opt-out component in that legislation. But increasing those numbers and increasing the registration numbers is what I mean uh, is very important. And I think we could improve upon that from an educational component in the state of Illinois as well. So on, an, on another policy related question, um, is Illinois um, has a, a in place road tests are mandatory for people age 75 and older. Is, is that policy still something that's necessary? Uh, I don't think a lot of states have something like that. Should that be um, reconsidered? For the annual test, when you reach a certain age in the 80s, um, Illinois is the only state that's left. And I have certainly said that I would look at that particular policy, uh, barring some type of medical issue with those, uh, with the individuals. Um, it's something certainly that I would certainly look at for the necessity of a yearly, something too, but a yearly renewal and test is certainly something that I think needs to be looked at and possibly amended. Um, so it, uh, you had touched on this briefly. So more than 1,300 people died in Illinois crashes in, in 2021, uh, the highest death toll since 2005, I believe. So how does the office, uh, is what can you do to crack down on reckless or distracted driving? One of the ways, and I, and I talked about this in the campaign, distracted driving, is partnering from the Secretary of State's office with the curriculum of driver's ed programs, whether that be our public, private, um, or private um, business uh, services, provide driver services behind the wheel training. How do we partner with groups such as Tire Track? Uh, which entire companies like Goodyear and others that have come together and created scenarios for behind the wheel driving of actually going out to courses and those students driving the vehicles, they're most, of, most likely going to be driving and seeing how a 2,000 pound vehicle reacts or doesn't react to them 
in that particular scenario. I also think it'd be good uh, to bring back to the best uh, that we could uh, the Secretary of State's police to go into driver's ed classes like they used to do um, and talk about you know, what is a what is a title? Uh, what is a lien? What happens to you when you lose a license? What is administrative services and how important that license is? And if you get an administrative services hearings due to impaired driving and problems, what's that going to possibly mean? And how long is that license going to be gone for or suspended for? All those type of things are important and I think would be deterrence and education for those young drivers. Um, and switching from young, which I have very much a passion about, um, but also to seniors drivers and legislation that I passed um, last year or two years ago now, that's become law. Helping those seniors to take a defensive driving course remotely, uh, an eight hour course, um, working at their own pace with that particular class and potentially then receiving discounts on their driver's license um, or their driver's insurance uh, from the companies that are involved with it. Um, with the National Safety Council we worked on as well as the Illinois Life or the Illinois uh, Insurance Association um, statewide to make that become law, the Governor Pritzker signed into law. Those type of initiatives that I've been part of, once again, gives me the experience uh, and the background to make the necessary changes and to have defensive driving ideas and courses um, and safety aspects enhanced and, and partner with those schools across the state of Illinois. As far as implementation goes, um, something that you have experience, of course, with the representative, um, the General Assembly, most of the uh, high offices in the state are controlled by Democrats. Um, in a scenario where you would be, uh, if you win the selection and potentially be the only Republican having a high state office, how would you work with uh, the legislature um, and other uh, officers? Well, I think the same way that I'm noted for right now, bipartisan uh, ability. I'm in the minority. I've been in the minority as a representative ever since I've been in the General Assembly. But I have a legislative district that I represent. Areas of business, higher education. Um, all those areas are very important from an economic standpoint to the operations uh, around my particular district. Working with the other side of the aisle, the Democrats, is what has to be done, and I do uh, on a daily basis when I'm in the General Assembly. Um, potentially being the only um, Republican, if that's the scenario that plays out, uh, as an executive uh, office holder in the state, um, I think, quite frankly, uh, could be a positive from the standpoint of working with those uh, that I worked with in the past, not only the General Assembly, but those that are presently executive um, Offices right now, uh, for instance, uh, Senator uh, or uh, Comptroller Mendoza comes to mind, uh, part of my freshman class. Um, and I think more so than anything else, being able to have that dialogue, that respect for each other, and the ability uh, to reach out and, and be part of uh, solving the problems that are part of the problem. And I think that from Secretary of State, one other key point for the House and the Senate there's probably no greater office that a representative or senator interacts with by their constituents contacting them to say, I'm stymied, I have a problem with the office, I need your help to cut through red tape, et cetera. Having that experience, 
as, as a representative myself, and making those calls and trying to advocate on behalf of my constituents with the Secretary of State's office and move a law jam, I can certainly know that my colleagues, Democrats or Republicans, are going to be very appreciative of someone who's in that office that has that particular experience and knows exactly what they're talking about when they're trying to advocate on behalf of their constituent be very uh, cognizant of the fact and, and uh, focused on the fact of what those problems are because I've lived it myself as representative. So we're we're almost 40 minutes into the conversation. We haven't mentioned Darren Bailey and Donald Trump. Uh, I know issues are your focus. Uh, you told us at the state fair you think you voted for President Trump, but um, at this point in the race, does does Darren Bailey create challenges at being at the top of the ticket? And uh, Democrats are, are making every effort to tie you to Trump and Bailey. So what challenges does that create? Um, are you glad to be on the ticket with Darren Bailey? And just sort of um, how do you face those types of attacks? I'm, I'm glad to be on the ticket uh, with my colleagues that are presently there. And, I, and I'm glad because that's who the people elected. We talk about fair elections. I, no one said that the Republican primary, the Democrat primary had problems this time around. So those are the candidates, those are the nominees. I'm the nominee for Secretary of State. And I said time and time again, um, that I am running my campaign and I am focused on running my campaign. Um, as far as um, uh, what you've asked, who I voted for in the past, um, uh, voted for President Trump, uh, was I a John Casey guy at one time when he ran in a primary? Yes. I mean, those are all situations that outside of you folks asking me, I don't hear on the campaign trail. I hear about cutting wait times. I hear about um, trying to reduce costs and fees associated with license plates and license plates renewals and, and filing fees and all this goes on. So um, I can certainly tell you that if I was running other campaigns, uh, which I'm not, uh, I might suggest some things be done differently for candidates, but I'm not doing that. Another candidates come and ask me for my endorsement. I haven't asked them for theirs. Um, I'm running for Secretary of State and I'm the Republican nominee. And I am very honored to be there and doing that by the people that have uh, put their trust in me. As I might add, was every county in the state of Illinois except one. So is the is the Trump legacy then? Is it a stain on the Republican Party? Well, I, I think Jerry, you know the answer to that question. That's all depends on who you talk to. Um, if if someone said that I'm a scholar and and, and I had the answer to what's the stain on the Republican Party, not the Republican Party. I will tell you this about the party. Um, I've always been an individual that maybe hasn't been perceived to be the chosen one of the Republican Party uh, on, on offices I ran for, from representative to, to where I'm at today, coming through the most recent Republican primary. I wasn't part of the slate. Um, I said I, uh, you know, um, aspired to this office of Secretary of State. With all the experience and background I've given to you and highlighted you gentlemen today to answer your questions. I wasn't recruited for this office. Others thought there was a better way to do something in a slate. Fortunately for me, the electorate didn't think that was such a good idea. And they put their, their, put their confidence and their vote behind Dan Brady. And that's what I'm honored and, and privileged to have. Um, others, I can't speak to others and what they do in their campaigns. If I was running those campaigns, I'd probably do some things differently. But I'm in charge of one thing, Dan Brady's campaign for Illinois Secretary of State. And that's what I'm focused on. So I did want to ask, um, 
have have you released tax returns? You may have, and I missed it. Um, is that but is that something you plan to do, and something all statewide candidates should do? I don't know that it's it's something that all statewide candidates should do. Um, so left up to the individuals. I've not released any personal tax returns at this point. I haven't been asked to do so, um, but certainly wouldn't take long to show my tax return. I can tell you that. All right, I think Patrick may have had another question or two. Um, you mentioned winning those 101 counties um, in the primary, obviously a general election, different demographics involved. Um, in what ways though, maybe overall, do you see yourself continuing in that Jesse White legacy? It, it was about 20 years ago now when he won every county um, in his 2002 election. Um, do you think that's anything remotely possible in today's political climate or how how are you connecting with people uh, regardless of zip code? Well, certainly anything's possible. Highly unlikely uh, to repeat what Secretary White has done. Secretary White has done uh, an amazing job when it comes to so many things and especially the interaction of people. He's perceived to be a people person. I'm told the same thing. He's perceived to be a, a doer, cut to the red tape, reach across both sides of the aisle and get a job done and try to. That's the same type of qualifications uh, and personalities, personality that I have. Uh, and so I'm very blessed to have that. I try and have that on display, full display. Uh, every day I'm on the campaign trail and I think that's what people relate to. Yes, the stage of that campaign trail has changed from Central Illinois, down state Illinois per se, to north of I-80, uh, where the entire demographics of votes are different. And so having those type of attributes, those assets that I consider that I have on display and trying to show those to individuals why I'm the better choice, is a daily challenge for me, but something that I do uh, to the best of my ability on a daily basis. All right, that's all my questions, unless you have more, Patrick. Uh, that's all my questions, Ben. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds, uh, that's, I think it, that's been a very uh, interesting and informative discussion. Uh, Representative Brady, thank you very much for, uh, for joining us this morning. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I made this a priority because I know gentlemen, ladies, um, make it a priority to try and get this out as well and candidate uh, teachers. And I, I appreciate that. And I also hopefully we next time talk a little bit my ideas and streamlining services and partnering with community colleges across the state of Illinois uh, for potentially hubs in the Secretary of State's office. And so thank you again for the opportunity and I'm glad we were able to uh, make this a priority on both of our sides uh, to get uh, our discussion completed. Thank you. Thank you.